0: Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. Uh, We want to uh, start off by greeting and welcoming our Campuses, our Red Bug Lake and our Michigan Street campus here at Curry Ford, we kind of go crazy for them and clap, and everybody claps. And we just do that. We just do that to kind of celebrate uh, that we're all joining together. Maybe you're joining us uh, on a screen somewhere else. Um, lean into this and and really receive this word today as a word from God for your life. And uh, it's just going to share kind of in the season that we are in as a church. And so, we look forward, if you are watching on a screen somewhere, we look forward to the day that you can be here with us in person because it's even better when you're here in, on one of the campuses. And uh, so that will be great. And I'm going to jump into this word in just a moment. Let me, let me cover a couple of things first before I do. Um, I would like to invite first a, a couple uh, to the stage, Pastor Jesse and Yana Starr. Would you guys come? And Lainey and Judah are coming with them. And uh, we want to introduce them because they are coming on our, uh, certainly a part of our faith fam, but they're coming also on our pastoral staff as the family pastors. So would you just make them welcome right now? So um, they'll be handling... uh, um, marriage ministries, parenting ministries, uh, uh, super involved in men's ministries, women's ministries, and uh, a lot of other things as well. And they come all the way uh, from Australia on staff. And so, Pastor Jesse, you just greet everybody real quick. Yeah, yeah, should I say like, g'day, mates? <laughs> Is that what y'all wanna hear? <laughs> uh, but no, we are super honored to be here. Um, I think the first time we visited here was 10 years ago. Uh, and I remember sitting way up the back, and I always felt like there was something special about this house. And so we are truly honored yeah. to be part of this family, and uh, we have felt so welcomed. So uh, yeah, it's great to awesome. be here. Awesome. Give them a hand one more time if you would. God bless you guys. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Pastor Jana, she grew up uh, here in this uh, church a bunch of years ago, but went away and uh, found a husband, and now they're back on staff with us, and they're going to be an incredible blessing. Uh, so get to find them in the, and uh, maybe if you can somewhere, and, and introduce yourself to them at some point. That'll be uh, awesome. And then our ushers are going to uh, begin Quickly to move through the room, and they're just going to pass out uh, some bundles of these cards. We've been talking about this service, which is now one week away. All, old school is one week away this coming Sunday. And here's the thing um, I don't want you to come to church next week alone, okay? I do want you to come to church, but uh, don't come alone. Bring somebody with you. So we just got some bundles of these cards, um, and so. If you could just grab some of those. Hold on to them. We're going to pray over those at the end of the service. But uh, just grab a bundle of those. And one more thing before. I, you can go to John chapter 21. But I want to welcome and mention uh, a group of, of young people that are all in the service today. It's our group. Uh, It's our, this year's uh, Mainstream Leadership College students that are here in service. We have a Leadership College here that's an internship and uh, Southeastern University Extension. So uh, Mainstream Leadership College students this year, would you stand up real quick? I had lunch with them this week, amen. Y'all are awesome, we love you. I'm gonna pray for you in just a moment. But God bless you, you can be seated. Um, so yes, we're excited to have them. They, they make so much ministry happen. God does a lot to uh, train them and prepare them for uh, whatever role he has for them in the future, but they are also a great blessing and asset to our church as well. Well, John chapter 21. I wanna read this passage of scripture. I have been excited about this today, uh, about today and about this message. This message today is, um, it is a pivotal moment for our church, okay? Um, This is not just a, just, it's just not just another typical Sunday. I don't know if we have any of those, but uh, today's special. And if it's okay, um, I'm going to talk to the church today. Is it okay if I just talk to like the faith family today? Is that all right? And here's the thing, you go, well, I'm, I'm a guest. No, 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 you're not. You thought, you were, you were, I guess. Now you're part of the faith fam. You're here. You found your church home, so I'm glad that you're here. Uh, So you're part of this too. But uh, John chapter 21, and we'll start with verse 3. This is what the Word of God says. Starts out by saying, I'm going out to fish. I could I, can, I promise you right there, uh, those five words, I'm going out to fish. Yeah, five words. I can preach on just that sentence right there. I would pray that that's the sentence that when we are walking off this property today, that you look at somebody and say, I'm going out to fish, and they go, me too. So anyway, that's what happens. Peter says, I am going out to fish, and they said, all right, well, we will go with you. So they went out and they got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. Anybody ever been on a fishing trip like that? <laughs> Went out and caught nothing. Amen. Uh, early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not recognize that it was Jesus. And he called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? Uh, no, they replied. He said, well, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And so they did. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish, a miraculous catch. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved, once he saw this miraculous catch, uh, he says, it's the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, Simon Peter wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and he jumped into the water. And the other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish. For they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. And when they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. And Jesus said to them, bring, bring the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. I'm going to preach a message today entitled Operation Overload. Operation Overload. Will you pray with me that God would speak to us today? And I I mean it when I say pray with me. I know know it's easy just to kind of sit down and listen to me pray. Will you just, let's just have a little prayer meeting real quick. It'll be a short one. But pray with me that God will speak to us, that God will uh, move us, mobilize us, and that we'll be willing to be used of him. Let's do that. Let's pray that. Jesus, you are good. Your word is enough. And so as we look into your word today, um, speak to us. uh, Move us, God. Um, As we hear from you, we're not just going to be hearers, but God, we will be doers of your word. And so let your call be clear. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Come on, everybody said? Amen. 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 So as I started thinking about that term, that we've been talking about for a little bit around here, Operation Overload. And I'll explain more what that means. But it reminded me about a month or two ago, Jamie and I had driven down into uh, south of here, more south Florida. And we were picking up one of our kids at an airport down there. And uh, we had some, a little bit of time to kill us. So we are just kind of driving around and um, stopped in to get some gas. And then near where we were, um, we saw this as we drove up on the scene. There's a pickup truck that was kind of sitting diagonal, blocking both lanes, and some of the stuff that was in the back of the pickup truck had fallen out. A big white appliance had fallen out, and it's this guy by himself, and I I could just tell he wasn't going to be able to handle this problem on his own, and so I said, I'm gonna pop out here and help him real quick. So I pulled over and got out of the car, and I said, hey man, do you need some help? And I mean, his truck was so, he had so much stuff. After the fact, I wished I had taken a picture of it, and I, I didn't take a picture of it, but I promise it looked a lot like this truck right here. Like, I promise this is kind of what his, <laughs> That's a lot. What his truck looked like, except picture a picture of clothes dryer sitting on the side of the road, and so I said, "Hey," and when I was going to help him, my thought was, "Hey, let's take the dryer. We'll move it off to the shoulder. You can go empty out the truck and then come back and get it or something." But that was not his thing. He said, no. And I said, you think this is going to fit? And he goes, well, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. And I'm thinking, I don't think we will. I was, his truck was so full. And so he kind of like ends up, has, he's like, if you can just hold it, I'll tie it. I was like, okay. So I'm holding the, the clothes dryer, not, not in the truck, because there was no room for it. To, I'm holding it on the side of the truck. He takes a rope, comes down around, ties a good Royal Ranger knot on this thing, and that The the dryer stays like on the side of the truck. And uh, so we kind of get done and then I'm just like, can you sign this waiver so that I'm not legally responsible for anything that happens moving forward from here? And uh, so he says, all right, thanks, man. I said, all right, man, good luck. And so he gets in the truck and he starts to go. Then we get in our car and then I don't follow him. I quickly go in front of him because I am not trying to follow that. Um, And as I'm kind of driving away and I'm thinking about that even since then, You know, like people would drive by a scene like that and maybe be a little bit, uh, have a certain feeling about that overloaded truck. Like they may have some, maybe even some ill feelings about it, but they don't feel the way he feels about it. See, his, his take on the overloaded truck, he's in there going, man, I have some good stuff. Man, I got some stuff. Maybe he's going to turn that into some money. Maybe that's, maybe that's his job and he, and, he, and he does that. Maybe he's got a, a, a thrift store or maybe he's got a pawn shop. Like I don't know. I don't know his story. But I just know this, that his, his mentality about the overloaded truck was different than everybody else's, maybe who was driving around. And church, the reason why I share that and the reason why I would title this message today Operation Overload And as we look at a passage of scripture about an overload of a catch of fish, this is what I want to tell the church family today. Faith Assembly, we are in a season, we have already really begun a season of overload in our ministry. When I say overload, I'm not talking about a negative thing. I'm not talking about a heavy burden on people's shoulder. I'm not talking about an overload uh, on people. I'm talking about an overload of people. Okay, I'm talking about that we're going to see such an influx of new people, of unsaved people finding Christ, finding freedom from their old ways and being introduced to our church, coming into our church. And it's going to be like nothing we've ever seen before. I'm telling you, God is stirring this in our in our spirit so strong and we're really already we're already really already in it. But you have seen nothing yet. And so for these, and and we're really focusing on this and kind of preparing you for this and even warning you about this, um, because it's especially going to be obvious over these next four or five months. We just feel like from now to the end of the year, it is Operation Overload at Faith Assembly. Can we give just, let's just thank God for it in advance. Amen. It's going to be awesome. And so as we look at this passage of Scripture, I just think there's some objectives um uh, as, we, as, we, as we think about this overload, there's some objectives that I want us to consider and what I want us to think about in our life. And the first one would be this. As we lean, as we kind of get ready for this overload, my, my first objective for you would be this. Lean not into who you are, but instead into who he's making you to be. Okay? Lean not into who you are, or I'll say it this way. Lean not into who you were or who you are, Lean into who he's making you to be. And those are two different things. So let's go, I like that Peter, at the beginning of this passage that we read in in John uh, 21, verse three, he goes, I'm going to fish. Now, what you may or may not realize is that is a reference to who he was, okay? Peter was a fisherman, and so he has now, been with Jesus he's followed Jesus he's seen the ministry of Jesus he's seen the death of Jesus and he knows about the resurrection of Jesus but he's just not now sure what to do with himself and so he goes I'm going to fish I'm going back to who I was it's what I am. It's who I am. It's who I was. It's, I guess that's what I'll do. He says, I'm going to, I'm going to fish. And then some of, the, uh, some of the people that were with them, some of the disciples, they were also fishermen. They said, well, we'll go with you. So they went out and they got in the boat. And that night they caught nothing. And I'm thankful for a futile night of fishing. Because this whole scene that gets ready to unfold after he catches nothing that night this whole scene that is unfolding that we read about in John chapter 21, all of that is a reference to a very, very similar scene in Luke chapter five. It happened two years prior to this one, okay? So this is happening in, June, uh, in John chapter 21, but in Luke chapter five, two years prior, let me read that passage, and you'll see a lot of similarities. You'll see a lot of things that are, that are similar in, in both accounts. Even though they were two years apart. Luke chapter 5, verse 4 through 7, and verse 10. It says, When Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Push out into the deep water, let down your nets for some fish. And Simon asked him, Teacher, we've worked all night and we've caught nothing. Does that sound familiar? Two years later, it happens again. But because you told me to, I'll let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets started to break. And they called their friends working on the other boats to come and help them. And they came, and both boats were so full of fish that the boats began to sink it's overload. This is the first example of, the mirac- of a miraculous catch, overload. Verse 10, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were surprised also, and they were working together with Simon, and then Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid, from now on, you will fish for men. Now, uh, Mark, in Mark's gospel, this is the way he relates what Jesus said. He says that Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So two years prior, Peter is at this moment with Jesus where Jesus says, it's not about who you were, Peter. I know you've been a fisherman. I know you've been fishing for, for fish, but I'm making you into something different. I'm gonna make you a fisher of men, right? <laughs> two years later, there's a little bit of question as what's going on in Peter's life as he sees the death and resurrection of Jesus. And what does Peter do? He goes back to work He goes back to his vocation. And then, as he's just doing his vocation, as he's doing what he used to do, Jesus calls from the shore. And they don't recognize him. This is the third time Jesus has appeared to the disciples after his resurrection, and yet they don't recognize him. You know why I think they don't recognize him? Because they didn't expect Jesus to show up at their work. I think some of us do that. I think some of us compartmentalize our Christianity a little bit where we're like, Sunday is Jesus day. I mean, I am so, I am so filled with Jesus on Sundays. Like I come up into church, I float up into church on Sundays. I mean, my hands are lifted before the song even starts. I am so spiritual on Sundays. And then on Mondays, I'm like, where's all that spirituality at? Like what happened? What happened? And then Jesus tries to talk to you on Monday and you don't even recognize him because you're like, wait, isn't Sundays for Jesus talk? And I'm telling you right now, we are getting ready to go into a season where Jesus is going to show up at your work. We are moving into a season where Jesus is going to be whispering in your ear on a Wednesday morning and talking about that person at the cubicle that you walk by all the time. He's going to go, today is the day. Today is their day. They are ripe for the harvest. They are ready for the conversation. I like that Jesus showed up at Peter's work to remind him, it's not about who you used to be. No, this thing's about who you are, who I'm making you to be. And so this, this scene in John 21 is this reminder, it's this moment of, of reminding Peter of his call of his decision to go after God, of his decision to follow Jesus and with that following Jesus to become a fisher of men, to be somebody who makes disciples, which we are all called to do. And I know what somebody in this room is thinking. They're thinking, well, I don't, that's not me though. That's not my thing. Like, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can be the one that like invites people to church. I don't know if I can be the one that like preaches a sermon. I don't know if I can be the one that answers somebody's spiritual questions. And I'm Saying, okay, maybe the old you wasn't the one who could do that. But don't focus on your limitation. Don't focus on who you used to be. Focus on who Jesus is making you to be. I saw this post the other day that kind of popped up, and it was a fight between an elephant and a rhino. And man, it was serious. These are, I mean, a rhino is big and mean, and yet he had no business with this elephant. Like, this elephant was twice as big, letting out the big old elephant sound. I got scared just listening to it on my phone. And this elephant is pushing these rhinos around, and they finally take off running. They get out of there because this elephant was so big and so powerful. But this is what I uh, I know about elephants is that a lot of times, especially back in the old days when a circus would come through, these giant elephants would be a part of the circus and how they would keep them uh, captive is they would just drive a stake into the ground and they would put a chain on the stake and then the chain would come over and they'd put a, 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 they would put the chain around the, the, the ankle of the elephant. And so this elephant would never, now he could easily just pull that stake right of the ground. Wouldn't even, wouldn't even, wouldn't even be a problem for him at all. But he never would. And the reason why he never would is because they would take that elephant when it was just a baby. And they would do that same stake in the ground and the chain and around the foot of the elephant. And the elephant, as a baby, would try to pull that stake out of the ground. And he was not yet strong enough to do it. And so he would try maybe for a few hours, maybe for a few days. And at some point, he would finally give up and say, well, I can't get that stake out of the ground. I guess I'll just stay right here. Now that elephant grows... That elephant, after some days, after some weeks, after some years, grows and gets stronger and stronger and stronger and now could easily pull the stake out of the ground, but now he won't because he's limited by who he used to be, not who he is. Now, here's the thing. This is how I feel some of us are. We just believe the lies of the devil when the devil whispers in our ear and go, well, you're not spiritual enough. You're not not grown up enough in God. You don't know enough of the Bible to ever be used to, you can't invite somebody to church because you, what if they ask you a question about the Bible that you, and here's what I'm gonna say, hey, you've been saved for like 13 years. Some of you have been saved for like 37 years. Some of you have been saved for like 68 years and you're still going, well, at some point I might be ready. Some of you, you've heard 483 sermons and you think you're still not ready. I don't know if I know the word well enough. Some of you know, you you know how to pray, you know how to worship, you know how to interpret scripture, but yet you still see yourself as this weakling, as this little babe in Christ. And what I'm saying is don't see who you used to be. No, we're getting ready to go into a season of overload where the church collective says it's not who I am, it's who God is making me to be. You're equipped. You're equipped by Jesus. They say, well, Jesus doesn't call uh, the equipped. He equips the called, and that's true. And with this calling of Christ comes a making. He's making you into something. Second objective, I think, for this overload would be this. Stay connected to Christ because that is the key to success in the catch. Staying close and connected to Christ, that's the key to success in the catch of of men, in the fishing for men. Back to this narrative in John chapter 21 where they're fishing for fish, and remember Jesus calls out and said, friends, have you not caught anything? And they're like, no, we have not. And then in verse six and seven, at the word of the Lord comes, And Jesus says, throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul in the net because of the large number of fish. And then the disciple whom Jesus loved said, it's the Lord. It's like once he sees this miraculous catch, he says, this can only happen by one. That must have been the voice of the Lord we were hearing. And so he says, that's the Lord. And then so Peter just decides, well, if that's the Lord, I want more of him. Peter decides, if that's the Lord, then I'm gonna go spend some time with the Lord. And while the rest of them are just rowing in nicely, Peter's like, I'm out of here. And he dives in the water to get to be with Jesus. Because Peter, even at that point, understands something, that proximity to Christ, being connected to Christ is the key to success in the catch. Move, move towards Jesus. Now here's what happens when you, when we move towards Jesus. You can't follow Jesus without the call to be a fisher of men. Remember, that's what Jesus said. He said, come follow me, and then when you come follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. When you move towards, matter of fact, the closer you move towards Jesus, the further your outreach is going to be. Now, some people, they they. Some people get this confused in the church world. Some Christians get this confused. Some church, some people will ask about a church, and they'll say, "Is your church like a discipleship church, or is it more of an evangelistic church?" I mean, I've heard, I've heard that, I've heard that a lot through the years. Is your youth ministry an evangelistic, or is it more discipleship? And that question always puzzles me about churches, because I'm like, it's, "That's not either or. We're both." Like, church, I want you to just love Jesus more and more every day because I know this. The more you love Jesus, the more you're going to catch his heart to win lost people. Like, it's both. So we're going to go after Jesus. We're going to move towards. And the, and the more we go towards him, mm, the more he sends us out. It's like, it's like if I was trying to throw, let's say I was trying to throw a, a fishing net, for instance. And, I mean, I don't, I don't know that this particular fishing net. This one might be more for looks than actual catching a fish. I will, I will uh, admit that. But if I was going to throw this fishing net and I knew there was going to be some fish out there, I'm not going to start my throw like this and go, nah. Now I'm going to start my throw over here. I'm going to come back this direction as much as I can. I'm going to take a couple steps and boom, I'm going to throw that, that net as far as I can. And it's the moving of this direction that gives me some velocity this direction. It's the moving of this direction that now broadens my catch. Broaden, now more fish gonna get in this net. Why? Because I've moved this direction first. That's how it is when I'm saying connectivity to Christ is the key to success. We are not doing this in our own strength. We're not gonna be try to be so cool that the world just thinks we're cool and so they're gonna come be a part of this. No, we're gonna be like Jesus and Jesus is what will draw the lost. To himself, it's not either or. It's when they listened to Jesus that they found success. Isn't it crazy that they were over here on this side of the boat catching nothing? I mean, in their own effort, nothing. And Jesus goes, try this side. And I'm sure somewhere in their mind they're thinking, so, you, so Jesus, you think five, these five feet are going to make the big difference, huh? So like they're not over here, but there's a bunch over here. And they go down and they were five feet away from success all along, the only thing was missing was the voice of the Lord. Which is why when you go to work all dried up and not having spent any time with Jesus, it's no wonder why you go, well, none of my, no, no, none of my coworkers want to hear about it. Well, I'm sure that's what it feels like. But if we will start to wake up in the morning and say, God, use me today. If we'll spend a few minutes with Jesus and say, God, just burden me. God, use me as a fisher of men today. You'll you'll be amazed at how many opportunities start popping up everywhere because you are now connected to the voice of God. You're walking in the Spirit. You're being led by the Spirit. This is going to be a prayer movement as much as it is an outreach movement. So, church, I'm telling you, we're we're already. You'll you'll hear us talking about different uh, initiatives to pray for. For these different moments and 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 pray. We're gonna uh, the last Wednesday of every month we do a prayer service anyway on Wednesday nights on the last Wednesday. But as part of that, we're just gonna invite you to fast on those last Wednesdays of the month and just fast and pray for a harvest and pray for laborers in the harvest field. And because I know this that as we move closer and lean into Jesus, it's just gonna affect you and you're gonna be in the in the lift with the lift driver or the Uber driver and you're gonna start to just talk to them about the Lord or about coming whether they go to church or not. you your coworker, your friend, your neighbor, your family member, uh, the server at the restaurant, look out, man, there's gonna be a revival at restaurants. Why? Just because God is going to speak to us. And when God, when God speaks to you, one of our, one of our praise cards uh, that came in a few months back Uh, right after our Super Sunday service, which I've met so many people that came and that are still here at the church who came on that first, uh, that Super Sunday was their first Sunday, which this coming weekend is a service like that, so I'm excited about all the new overload of people that we're gonna see, but this was a a card that was, uh, Darian uh, wrote a card and in it, they were talking about bringing, that they had invited their friend uh, to the Super Sunday service, and uh, after bringing the friend to the Super Sunday service, uh, the, the Darian said, "My friend cried out to Jesus and asked uh, for went, went forward and asked for prayer." He says after the service, he, he bought a Bible um, and then t- he talked about his friend uh, radically changing his lifestyle. And he was in a very sexually promiscuous lifestyle. And he he radically changed and kind of cut off some 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 things. And so all of this happened in a in a person's life. Why? Because somebody was just listening to the voice of God saying, "Hey." This is their day. This is their moment. And so pray, move close to God in this season because connectivity to Christ is the secret to success in this. Last objective that I would pull out of John chapter 21 would be this. Never forget that every fish matters to the Father. We we, we as a we as Christians, we just need to re- be reminded of this. Cuz Christianity can turn internal. It can. Like we could start to think about just, you know, us and the church exists to meet my needs. That can happen. And we don't exist. That's not our primary focus is just to meet all y'all's needs. We exist to, encounter, to help people encounter Jesus. Like we exist to expose Jesus to the world. Like that's why we're here. So never forget that every fish matters to the Father. And the illustration of that in this passage is in Verse 8, verse 10 and 11. It says, The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about 100 yards. Verse 10. Jesus said to them, bring, bring those fish you've just caught. And so Simon Peter climbed back into the boat, and he dragged the net ashore, and it was full of large fish. And even with, and it says 153, they counted. It says, even with so many, the net was not torn. Now in this scenario, They count the fish. Jesus says, go get them out of the water. Get them onto the shore. Now, in real fishing, real boats, real nets, the fish are living in the water. And when you pull them out of the water, sorry for this sad ending, but they die. Did did you know that? So the fish are living and swimming and they're doing life, in the water, and then you pull them out of the water, and they die. And you're like, "Oh man, it's sad." But then, some you eat some. You're like, "Well, it tastes good, though." I don't. Know. So, that's the bad part. But in this fishing that we're talking about, it's the opposite. So, so people are out there in their environment spiritually they're, they're dead, spiritually they're, they're dying, spiritually they're the, the wages of sin, is all that they're, and when we fish for them and get them out of their environment, they come alive in Christ. It's the opposite. So when I say that every fish matters to the Father, it means that we have got to have that as part of our our heart, as part of our mind, to understand that everybody that we come into contact with that are out there in the world, in that environment of death, and God would want to use you in those moments to bring them into a different, to get them out of the water. You could say it that way. And it's so important that, that, that they, they begin to count those fish, and I, I just believe that every person matters. I believe we, you count for a reason, because every single person represents a soul. See, this, this moment, I said it reminded Peter of his past, which it did, that past moment when he said, okay, I'll put down my nets, and I'll become a fisher of men. So John chapter 21 was reminding him of that past, but it was also foreshadowing his future because the success that they find in that moment is a foreshadow of the success that you're going to find when it's no longer fish, but it's people. Peter, I believe Jesus was saying the call on your life is not normal. It's not average. It's not small, but I'm going to use you in great ways. It's going to be big. And I believe that we are in a season as a church where we're not believing for small impact. There are five like key events over the next uh, few months that I want you to be praying for and expecting overload in these events. One would be this coming Sunday. Again, I don't want you to come to church next week alone. I want you to be praying about who you could bring with you to this service, but it will be an overload event. I mean, there will be people, and let me, let me just warn you about all these overload events, okay? Because... With this, with this overload of people coming on to our properties, with that, it's going to bring problems. Amen. It's going to bring issues. Like, let me say it this way, like some of these Sundays, you're going to walk in and somebody is going to be sitting up in your seat. I don't know who they think they are. You've been coming to this church for decades, and they're going to roll in here on their first Sunday thinking they can sit, and here's what I'm saying. I'm just warning you now that that's coming. You're going to come on property sometimes, and you're, going to, you're not going to be able to find a parking spot. And there's, the devil's going to be there to whisper in your heart and be like, why do you even bother? But you know what? You're going to remember that you were warned about Operation Overload. <laughs> And every time you see one of those problems, you're going to be reminded, no, no, those problems represent people that we are catching for the kingdom of God. And so I refuse to be mad. I refuse to be mad if it takes me a little minute to get off the property. I refuse to be mad if I can't find a parking spot. I refuse to be mad if I can't find a seat. I'll stand up there against the back wall if it means somebody is going to come to Jesus. Why? Because every Fish matters to the Father. And when we come together, I like that this was a a group project. Did you notice that? Because Peter could barely, he couldn't drag the net at first by himself, and so he just jumps in the water and just goes to Jesus. And so the other the other fishermen come. And so they kind of all join together and they, they do it together. I like that it's a, it's a group thing. You realize that we could talk about individual efforts and we could like, hey, I'm just going to really try to witness to my friends. But what happens when the whole church says, hey, for the next four or five months, this is our focus. This is what we pray. This is how we live. This is how we talk to people. Like that's where we're at right now. So old school Sunday is one of those. October comes awaken, which is a uh, a revival, a series of revival services uh, every night of a week. That's gonna be an overload event. Fall Festival, it's gonna be, a, we've done it every year, but it's gonna be an overload event like never before. More people exposed to the church and exposed to the gospel than ever before. Reach Thanksgiving, again, events we've done before, they're just gonna be done with a spirit of overload an amazing impact the Christmas Christmas Sunday production that we do every year, but it's just gonna be an event of overload. Why? Because we're all praying, we're all thinking. You're gonna hear a lot about overload over these next four months because this is where God has us. God has us on full nets um, and sinking ships, right? (laughs) Like that's where we are. And maybe somebody would wonder if, how important your role is in this let me let me, let me end with this story that I, I heard about it in a magazine and in this article in this magazine, it came with a series of, of pictures that went along with the uh, story. The first picture was of a vast wheat field in western Kansas. That was the first picture in this magazine article back years back. The second picture showed this distressed mother sitting at the farmhouse front porch uh, in the center of that wheat field. So wheat fields all around her, and here's this woman that's just distressed sitting on the front porch of this house. Um, uh, as the story explained in these uh, in these pictures, the um, what happened was that their three-year-old son had wandered out into those wheat fields and uh, when the mother wasn't looking and they, they couldn't find him, the mom and dad spent the entire day out there yelling his name, looking for him, they couldn't find him anywhere. The third picture in that article showed dozens of friends who had heard about the plight and this, what was going on with this family. And so they showed up the next day and they were going to, to try to do whatever they could do to help find this missing boy. What they did is um, they linked up arms and they started to walk through um, those wheat fields together, linked together. And the fourth picture in that article was tragic because it, this, this article in this story did not have a happy ending. But the fourth picture in that article was a picture of the father holding his lifeless body of his son. And the caption under that picture said this, it said, oh God, if only we had joined hands sooner. If only we had joined hands sooner, if only we had become that net sooner, my son would be alive. When I heard about that magazine article, it it speaks of the urgency of this moment, that every fish matters to the Father. And this is not a thing where we can go, yes, at some point I'm going to be spiritual enough. Too many of us, we always talk about revival is coming at some point, like our church, it's gonna come, some day we're gonna see this, someday we're gonna see that, someday I'm gonna be used of God, someday I'll invite my friends, and I'm, I'm here to tell you the urgency, every fish matters to the Father, so someday has to be today. This is the moment for us to rise up and impact this city. Like never before. And maybe somebody's going, well, you're preaching about fish, but yet it's, you're talking about people, and I'm not sure if you're doing the text justice. I mean, is this really a sermon about the lost? And let me, let me end with this. Because all of this, the Luke 5 catch, the John 21 catch, both of those were just illustrations and foreshadowings of what would come in Peter's life. Let me, let me tell you what happens on the day of Pentecost for Peter. Peter stands up with the 11 and raises his voice and he addresses the crowd. Fellow Jews and all who live in Jerusalem, he says, let me explain this thing to you. Listen carefully to what I say. Now, I got to tell you, this is not normal Peter because a few hours before, he's around a fire and they're like, were you with Jesus? He goes, I don't know what you're talking about. And now Peter's a, like a whole different deal. It's almost like Peter was like, I'm going to worry less about who I was and I'm going to worry more, more about what Jesus is making me to be. So he stands up and he addresses this crowd. It goes on in verse 32 and 33. God has raised Jesus to to life and we're all witnesses of it, exalted to the hand of God. He has received from the Father the uh, the promised Holy Spirit and he has poured out on you, that's what you now see and hear is the Holy Spirit. And so Peter is illustrating and expressing and preaching the fact that, look, this is happening because we're dependent on the Holy Spirit. This is happening because we're connected to Christ. And then in verse 37 and 38 and 41, the people hear this. This is people now, not fish. Now the people hear this when they were cut to the heart, they said to Peter, well, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 41, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added there. They count again, why? Because every fish matters to the Father. 3,000 added to their number that day. Amen. That's what it's about. Matter of fact, that, that church there, Book of Acts Church, They it goes on to say that the Lord was adding to their number daily. That's the season we're in, is a season of overflow. Will you pray with me? I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.